They might not have hair, but they really do care about faith and life. Two Bald Pastors. Welcome to Two Bald Pastors, a podcast about real faith and real life. I'm Jeff Sinabaldo. And I'm Joe McGarry. And we are two follically challenged pastors serving in congregations in the New England Synod of the Evangelical Lutheran Church in America. And we are in our special edition, Why Lent? Why Lent? Yes. So today's topic is Why Pray? And we have a few biblical passages for that uh, from Daniel. It's about uh, Daniel praying in secret. And then he is exposed by his enemies and thrown into the den of lions. We have a passage from Romans, which incorporates rejoice in prayer, be patient in suffering, and persevere in prayer. And we have Matthew chapter 6, which is a continuation. We're going to be reading Matthew 6 throughout Lent. And Jesus says, Whenever you pray, do not be like the hypocrites, for they love to stand and pray in the synagogues and at the street corners so that they may be seen by others. Truly, I tell you, they have received their reward. But whenever you pray, go into your room and shut the door and pray to your Father who is in secret, and your Father who sees in secret will reward you. When you are praying, do not heap up empty phrases as the Gentiles do, for they think that they will be heard because of their many words. Do not be like them, for your Father knows what you need before you ask him. Pray this way. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us today our daily bread and forgive our debts as we also have forgiven our debtors. Do not bring us to the time of trial, but rescue us from the evil one. So here we go. Let's talk about prayer. Yeah, so uh, as we kind of get into this a little bit, Jeff, do you have any special prayer practices that you follow on a regular basis? Uh, I do. Um, I have, I think my favorite way to pray uh, actually is to not say anything. Oh, okay. Is actually just to take time in the quiet, which is hard to do. But I think it's a good, it, I wouldn't call it like a meditative practice or anything like that either. It's just, it's just trying to be still and quiet and... Um, I think the words and thoughts form themselves rather than me needing to articulate them sometimes, you know, okay. just kind of yeah. like what's on my mind or what I'm trying to think through or people I'm concerned about. I mean, I do pray aloud also, obviously, but I think that's my favorite way to pray. How about you? I've always found music to be a good way for me to really mm. pray and, and connect with God. And whether that's playing guitar, singing, playing the piano, that time just to really let go of my thoughts and just kind of put everything else outside of my purview. If I sit down, and and, and I do pray like this as well, uh, just to sit down and, and either, like you said, be silent or uh, to, to have a conversation with God, too many other thoughts start coming into my head, you know, and I think about things that I need to do that I didn't get done. I know when I have that feeling of disconnect uh, and I really need to pray, to, to really just spend some quality time praying, I, I find myself going to my guitar or, or the piano and just kind of letting loose and connect with God in that way. Yeah, we're thinking of doing something tactile in a different way. Um, we've, we've tried to do this in a couple of different versions, um, but I th we were, uh, Tammy and I were at 
the um, ELCA Youth Ministry Extravaganza. One of the things they had is they had this uh, outline of a tree yep. that someone had constructed. And then they had, you know, when you go to get uh, a can of paint, they have those little samples. Yep. Uh, those cards. They had like tons of them. I bet they had thousands of them. And uh, what you could do is write a little prayer on them or something you were concerned about or a person or whatever, you you know, your choice. And then they use that to kind of build the tree throughout oh, the weekend. Wow. That was kind of a neat idea. That is a neat idea. Last, I think it was Advent, not this previous year, but the year prior to that, I th- we had, I think it was an Advent, we had uh, just two big um, poster boards that we put up on the wall in the sanctuary, and um, we had a little podium with a bunch of different post-its there. And uh, I remember, I don't remember who I got this from, but it was, you know, most prayers are either help or thank you. Mm-hmm. And so I, I put those two words at the top of either of those poster boards and people could write something and, and put it up there. And we filled that up throughout the time. It was good. That's really cool. It's really cool. So something like that, it's a nice way to invite people into it because I think a lot of people want to pray or they do pray, but they, they're not sure about it or they're not sure they're doing it right or something. Right. So I think just, you know, a few minutes that we've been talking here, it's we've had many different examples of how we can pray and both spend time in prayer, praying for our congregations, our family, our friends. And we've seen other social media uses of prayer, uh, just yeah. putting on our Facebook, hey, I'm having some time of prayer this afternoon. Anybody need any prayer? Just just let me know and leave a comment here or send me a personal message. So we've seen it the other way too. Hey, this is going on. You know, people ask me. Please pray for, prayers. for me. Yeah, that, yeah. That also yeah. is is pretty powerful. But I really think going into the Matthew text here, the opening line, whenever you pray, do not be like the hypocrites, for they love to stand and pray in the synagogues and at the street corners so they can be seen by others. Yeah. The hey, look at me prayer. Yeah, Yeah. right, right, right. And and maybe it's not prayer as we know it as far as, you know, saying a prayer, but we have seen many times those street corner preachers, you know, and part of their existence in, in doing that is just to be seen by others. And, and do they really think that, that many are going to be converted or are people going to have some sort of epiphany if they hear them, you know, screaming at them and telling them about God? I, I don't know. I don't... I, I dare to think not, but they could. I I don't know. Do you know of other examples of people standing on the street corners and trying to be seen by others? The immediate one that comes to mind are uh, politicians of every stripe that oh, yeah. want to check off the religious category so they'll get those people to vote for them. Yeah, yeah. You know, and it's a lot of people do that. And it yeah. just, to me, it's just, you can see right through it. It's just so phony and... and ridiculous and uh, but the the sad thing is I think so many people buy it right you know it's it's kind of a false piety or it's a it's a piety just for recognition sake yeah I think of I mean he's gotten himself in a lot of trouble for a lot of things he's done but um, and deservedly has gotten in trouble for it but uh, House of Cards did you watch that series yes at all? yep 
So in the first season, he, I mean, he is such a scumbag. Yeah. <laughs> he, he, at, the, at the end of the first season, he's sitting in the church and he says, I pray to me. <laughs> yeah. I just went, whoa. Way to call a thing what it is. Right, right. You know, it is that, that kind of false piety or, you know, you're just trying to get others to think you are something you're not. Right. I mean, that's not what prayer is for. You know, I, and I've seen some extremes, especially when, when clergy get together, you know, kind of behind oh, the scenes yeah. of clergy. You, you either get a full room full of pastors and says, someone says, hey, can someone lead us in prayer and nobody says anything? Or you get that, that time <laughs> when you, you have kind of open prayer and, and you say, for those that we uh, pray for that need blessing, and, and then one person says one thing and, and you kind of hear people kind of upping one another in, in who they're praying for. And, uh, you know, so you kind of get those extremes as well, as far as when you when you get pastors together for a time of prayer. But I will say, um, I think what both the Daniel and the Matthew passages point towards is, is the personal space that you take to pray and what a benefit that can be in a way that connects you not only to God, but I think also connects you to what's going on in the world. In a previous parish, I had this little old lady, Lena Longy of blessed memory. I mean, she had lists of people that she prayed for every day. Mm-hmm. And the older she got, the longer the list got. And yeah. it was to the point where she was probably praying three, four, five, six, I don't know how many hours a day of just going through these lists. I mean, it was pretty a pretty powerful thing, and nobody ever saw her do it. Right. Right. But she uh, she was doing that, and it was well beyond the people in the congregation. But she also prayed through the list of the, you know, the directory and stuff like that as well. And then I remember she had died, and um, it was maybe I don't know a few months later anyway. And one of the older, another older member of the church says, "I need to pick this up because Lena's not doing it anymore." Oh wow. And I mean, I don't think she did it to that extent, but it was it was kind of a cool thing to see how that had connected with another person to say this is something that's really important and I want to be a part of it. Yeah. Um, yeah. Because it's good for the church and it's good for these people. Yeah. And it wasn't because oh well well I'll take it on. Don't worry guys, I'll do it. Yeah, it was it wasn't that kind of a showmanship kind of thing at all. It was just really. She felt that it was, she missed it. She missed the benefit of having someone pray for the, the church that way. Yeah. We receive uh, cards from our synod office every once in a while. Yeah. Um, that, that says, we've prayed for you. And I uh, have taken up that practice as well. I don't do it as often as I would like to do it, but I, I do take time, you know, a few times a month to just sit down and, and pray for people in the congregation then I send them a little quick postcard that I made up and just said, I prayed for you this week, and uh, please know that, that you are loved and that God loves you and, you know, something to that effect, and, and I sign it and send it off. And it's, again, it's not an act of sh- showmanship, but just a, a personal note just saying, hey, you know, you, you've been thought of, um, you know, praying for you, and and uh, it, it really has had a significant impact, I think, in uh, the, the life of the congregation. So, yeah, it's uh, pretty cool. Yeah. Yeah. Like so there's a downside. So a friend of ours, both who's been on our podcast, he, uh, he, <laughs> he, uh, 
left the office of pastor a few years ago and um, to pursue other interests. And um, <laughs> he got right when he was off the roster long enough, you know, where you, there's like a three year window. If you don't take a new call, you kind of go off the roster unless yeah. you have special circumstances that you talk over with the Senate office. But it was, it was right at that time. And he had an interview with them and they, they all kind of decided that he was happy to be done. And then like a week later, he got a, a note from the Senate office saying they were praying for him on his anniversary of his ordination. So oh no. <laughs> you got to check the list. You know? Yeah. 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 Oops. <laughs> That was not received well. No, no, I'm sure not. But, uh, but yeah, I think this this idea, but like you said, both in the Daniel text and the Matthew text, talk about that personal prayer. And I think, uh, w- however you choose to do that, it, it is fine. Like you said, there's no right way to pray, no wrong way to pray. Uh, and if you don't know where to start, I've I always give the advice: start with the Lord's prayer, and. Right. Uh, I had a professor in seminary, uh, Dr. Tim Wangert, who gave us a challenge one class when we were talking about the Lord's Prayer um, in our confessions class and said, when you pray the Lord's Prayer, it, it is so inclusive. There is anything you could possibly imagine for is can be encompassed in, in the Lord's Prayer. So if you don't know what to pray, pray the Lord's Prayer. And he, he actually took out a $100 bill and put it on the desk and said, we're going to take 10 minutes, and if anybody can na- figure out something that's not included in the Lord's Prayer, you can take this $100 bill. <laughs> and he's done it so enough times, you know, in class that he was very confident that he could include it some way, and we spent the next 10 minutes going through, you know, get, shouting out ideas, and nobody walked away with that $100. So so if, if you don't know what to pray for, or you don't know how to begin in your prayer life, start with the Lord's Prayer. And... As you get more comfortable with that, you can definitely go off and, and start praying and, and about other things and, and more things more specific or, or whatever, but that's a good way to start. What I love about what you just described is, I mean, so often when we think of the Lord's Prayer, we just think of the version we know and we spit it out really fast. Yep. But to use it as an outline or as a, a, a way to open up to other things, I think that's a really great way to utilize the gift of that prayer. That's yeah, cool. yeah. So how about the benefits of prayer? What I mean, that's our question. Why pray? Yeah. So I'll, I'll tell a quick story, and I don't think I've shared this on the podcast before, but when I was in, in college, my first year of college, uh, I had some family issues going on, and I was 27 hours away from my parents. I was in Iowa. They were in Vermont, and probably feeling a little homesick, and really wanted to be with my family and and to help them through the difficult time we were going through. And during that time as well, I was part of this uh, worship leadership. It was a student-run service, and I was in the band. I played guitar in the band, and we had a number of guitarists, and I took the night off because I just wasn't feeling feeling well. And I said, I just need a time to to be able to worship and not be in the part of the leadership. And sitting in the back and just really, again, not not really getting into it. We did have a prayer room, and I went into the prayer room, and I sat down, and, and one of the people came up to me and could see, probably see that I wasn't feeling so good at the time and said, can I pray for you? And I said, sure. What do you want to pray for? And I said, I want to pray for my family. 
And as a Lutheran growing up, I've never been into the situation at that point where I just had someone pray one-on-one for me, especially in a significant way. So they grabbed my hands, we bowed our head, and they started to pray. And I just started to cry. And we prayed and we cried and we talked for the next hour. And it was one of the most significant prayer experiences in my life because I felt like all the things that I was holding on to for my family, for myself, and I just gave it all over to God and said, this is in God's hands now. There's there's only so much that I can do. I cannot continue to carry this burden. I basically laid my burdens at the foot of the cross, and Jesus took them up in, and put it on the cross, and I felt so free after that. I felt so empowered after that, and I, I knew that my problems weren't going to go away anytime soon. I, I knew that things were probably going to get worse before they were going to get better, and, and thankfully things have gotten better since then, but I felt like this burden had been lifted from my shoulders, and it was because of prayer. It was because I was able to turn that over to God, and I think that is uh, a significant benefit to prayer, is that anything that we have on our heart, we don't have to carry that anymore. We can give that over to God, and God is is big enough and strong enough and has the ability to carry that burden for us. And it's just, it's, for me, that's one of the real big benefits of prayer and why I pray all the time is because I know that if I was to carry all my burdens still, you know, whether it's stuff at the church or with my own family or members of the community or whatever, I, I just know that I cannot carry that myself, but I know that God can. I like that a lot. Um, thanks for sharing that. I, uh, I just think, you know, when we talk about prayer or people think about prayer, they often think of how they can get God to change God's mind about something. Yeah. And I tend to have experience. It's, it's you that changes. Right. Um, and your, your story, uh, and experience really highlight that really, really well. So thank you. You're welcome. You're welcome. It, like I said, it was a it was a powerful experience, and and I've had a couple other prayer experiences just as powerful in my, in my life. And uh, the point you brought up is is really valid valid that we do try to change God God's mind on particular things. And, and when I talk with kids, you know, and we talk about prayer for the first time, and they say, well. You know, the Bible tells us anything you want or anything you need, ask for it, and God will provide. I need a new bike. Right, right. I'm going to pray for a new bike. I'm going to pray for a new Xbox. No, that's that's not. You know, God does answer our prayers, but in, in a way, and like you said, it, it, when we pray, we, we, we pray, and it changes us. It doesn't change God. So, yeah, you can get a new bike, but when you pray for it, God's going to say, go earn money. <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah. Or find a good patron. Yeah. <laughs> right, right. I just think a, a pretty powerful prayer for me is usually when I'm like really thinking about either a decision I need to make or how to work through a problem or or just feeling stressed out. It's it's really just I mean, I think that quietness that I highlighted in the beginning 
is part of it. But I think if I were to put words for it, it's mostly just kind of show me the way. Yeah. And that's what I think prayer is for. Helps you see the bigger picture that you, of course, are limited by your own perspective and and narrowness, just being a human being that you kind of call into a into account of a, a bigger story that you're a part of, a bigger reality, and you're opening yourself up to that. And yep. and when that happens, you know your perspective can grow, and and then you can deal with what needs to be dealt with or, you know, make, try to make a best decision you can or, or see people that you may have overlooked. I think the best way to really learn to pray is to just go for it and do it ultimately. I right. mean, you can, you can only describe it so much, but, but you have to, you have to do it for yourself to, to experience what can happen. Definitely. Are there any downsides to prayer? It does take too long. <laughs> what do you mean by that? <laughs> I'm just kidding. <laughs> um, I think, I mean, well, you could, just to be uh, play around with your question, you could um, close yourself off for people because you're, you get consumed by what you think is the right practice to pursue and just you just disconnect from either the responsibilities you have or the people that you have in your life or, you know, yeah. if you're just, if you, if you are just locked in your room all the time praying, you're not doing anything else productive. I mean, not that that's not productive, but you know what I mean? Yep. Yep. I mean, I think of, again, I, when I think of Lena doing that, she was shut in and she had nothing. I mean, she, that's what she did with her time. Right. Right. I think for most of us, we're trying to find time to carve out to do it more than right. it's taking us away from other things. But you know, the whole monastic movement in the you know early mid centuries really was about trying to block the world out so you could have a more pious life. And I, I think there's there's a certain appeal to that uh, kind of life, but I think it ultimately it prohibits you from from being the hands and feet in the world that we're called to be as as followers of Jesus to an extent. So I guess I, I would I would say that's the down downside if you take it so seriously that you block yourself out from other people that maybe maybe you need to reframe the way you're doing it or something i also think there could be a downside as far as what your expectations are yeah. in, in your prayer if you expect to say a prayer once or twice and have god respond to that prayer immediately then you might be disappointed and that w- might may put a strain on your relationship with God or or other people. You know, again, going back to the story I just shared, it was years before what needed to be resolved in my family was resolved, but it eventually did get resolved, and the significant change that I saw could only be attributed to the power of prayer, but it didn't happen overnight. It, you know, I felt I felt better after praying and continued to pray and lift things up, but yeah, things didn't get better immediately, and and if that's your expectation for prayer, it definitely can can put a hindrance on that. Right. Or, um, like I said, I mean, the way we've been talking about prayers is the way that it it changes you and opens you up to seeing things and acting differently and and being in the world. And I mean, if I mean, you could say, you know, I prayed for so and so to get better and they died, therefore prayer is not it doesn't work. I mean, right. 
or so, or maybe God judged me poorly or something. Um, I, that's a danger, I think, in the way we talk about prayer a lot or yep. think about it. And there are those traditions that that say, right. you know, you need to do these certain things. Or if you just pray hard enough, it'll happen. Yeah, yeah. I mean, your loved one died because you didn't pray hard enough, or you weren't faithful enough. I mean, that that definitely is is a a bad thing. But yeah. But ultimately, I think the why we pray is we we want to be connected to God, and I mean that's really our motivator, right? Yeah. It's our ability to communicate with God, to let God know what's on our heart, and and to really be faithful to each other as far as the prayer needs of, of the people that you know and you love. And and that's why when we do put things out on, on social media and say, hey, let me pray for you, what, what do you need in, in prayer this week? It's not to lift ourselves up and say, hey, look, I'm a good Christian, I'm praying, but it is for the care of other people and... and to lift those those needs up and you know if you put on Facebook or Instagram or Twitter that you need prayer and we respond it's not just to say you know we're not standing on the street corner saying this is how awesome I am I'm praying for you but it's really a, a true care and concern for you and and to help you in in any way well maybe to close since we didn't talk about it I we could just kind of read the psalm that we have and um, we can maybe just leave it there. So Psalm 3 reads, O Lord, how many are my foes? Many are rising against me. Many are saying, there is no help for you and God. But you, O Lord, are a shield around me, my glory, and the one who lifts up my head. I cry aloud to the Lord, and he answers from his holy hill. I lie down and sleep. I wake again the Lord sustains me. I want to thank you for joining us in this Lenten series, Why Lent? This is for Lent 1, and our theme is Why Pray? We hope that this is an enriching series for you, and please let us know how you are enjoying this, if you are or not, through our Facebook, facebook.com backslash twobaldpastors, or our website, twobaldpastors.com. We are the Two Bald Pastors, helping you connect your faith with your life. I'm Joe McGarry. And I'm Jeff Sinabaldo. Take care and be blessed. Bye now. They might not have hair, but they really do care about faith and life. Two Bald Pastors. Through our Facebook, twobaldpastors.com, or go to... No. Through our Facebook, facebook.com. things out there that I don't know never mind